Welcome in to a, a edition of Chalk Talk that I got to be honest with you, I was not sure if this day would be possible with everything that's going on. But we are here, season two of Chalk Talk, uh, also uh, week two of the college football season, week one, the opening week of the NFL. Nick Camino joined uh, by my co-host Ben Axelrod. We're back for another year of this, picking games against the spread, as we always tell you, all of it for entertainment purposes only, but uh, obviously... Uh, there is uh, an increased uh, interest uh, in sports betting and sports gambling throughout the country. Uh, we've seen uh, from from the, the federal level uh, to going state by state now, the legalization of sports betting is becoming so popular. And we've even seen the leagues themselves. I mean, we've seen, uh, I, I saw this week, uh, Wrigley Field in Chicago, uh, home of the Cubs, is going to be uh, opening up a sports book at Wrigley. At least that's in the plans. And now the NFL has partnered with a sports book. So we've always said, and I think Ben and I have always agreed that it was not a matter of if, but just when. And uh, we kind of feel like we're, we're ahead of the curve and being able to uh, to talk about these things and and uh, give you some winners, hopefully. I know both of us are coming off a winning season. So let's bring in Ben. I know he's excited to be back for season two. And Ben, as I think about this, I was just wondering if, if this day would come, if this would even be possible that we would be talking about football and games that, uh, that we would pick against the number. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird. I, I know we've, we've had a couple of weeks here now of college football, but we still haven't had those Power Five conferences kick off. And uh, as I just look ahead to NFL and, and look at these point spreads, look at fantasy, look at what the Browns are going to do, like I'm still kind of in I'll believe it when I see it mode. Um, we've had basketball come back. We've had baseball come back. But this is the first start, the, the first sport since the coronavirus pandemic started that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that's starting on time, that, that's starting on time and is going to have a full season or, or hopefully a full season here uh, in the NFL. And then, like I said, with college, um, it, it still doesn't feel real until those big boys kick off. Um, and we're going to get some of those this weekend with games in the ACC and uh, the Big 12. But but yeah, uh, I, I, like I said, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but uh, it's getting realer and realer by the day here. Yeah. Speaking of the big boys, uh, two of those power five team, uh, conferences, the Big Ten and, and the, uh, the Pac-12 opting uh, to postpone their season's uh, as we look at those, Ben, I guess only time will tell on this, I guess. But, you know, as things have started out, you know, you had a chance to see BYU and Navy play. Uh, there's been some other teams that have played already, although in some small, smaller conferences. But as you point out, the Big 12, the ACC, they're going ahead, the American Conference, which uh, Cincinnati plays in. I mean, we're seeing some of these conferences, if, if they're able to go off without a hitch, there, there is part of me that says, you know, I wonder if, if the Big 10 – or the Pac-12 will regret the decisions that they made. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a little different for both of those conferences, but I do think you look at the Big Ten right now, and um, they're certainly, at, at least from the outside looking in, it looks like they have some buyer's remorse, at least some of those schools, uh, that they didn't at least delay this thing or, or make a bigger push to uh, try to see it through. The, the Pac-12 seems content to, to just be moving on without a football season right now, and and um, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but, but yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of questions, you know, I, I think just because other conferences are playing, that doesn't necessarily mean the big 10 made the wrong decision. There there's liability issues and, and things of that nature, but, um, time will tell on some of this stuff. I mean, it, it's certainly, uh, going to be strange to see three of the power five conferences playing. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, how far they make it and, and whether they get these seasons off on time. But, um, you know, a month ago when, when the Big Ten canceled here, it looked like everybody was going to follow suit. And yet here we are heading into week two of the college football season. And 
Uh, it, it looks like barring any unforeseen circumstances, we're, we're certainly going to have some power five football here uh, this coming weekend. And before we uh, truly get chalk talk off to a, to a start here with our picks, uh, just the NFL. Um, are you confident that, you know, you, I mean, what, what are we confident about nowadays? But do you feel like with the way they've started, I mean, no preseason, they've been at, at their camps. They've kind of done these, they're trying to go with these localized bubbles, I, I guess. I mean, do you feel like they're in position to, to start this thing the, the, the right way? Yeah, I mean, it, it's gone far better than I think anybody could have imagined. Um, you know, especially when, when you look at the rough start that baseball got off to with, with teams like the Marlins and the Cardinals, and you look at them compared to the NBA and, and their bubble and, and the NBA bubble in terms of preventing a spread of COVID has been a gigantic success. I think a lot of people said, well, the NFL needs a bubble too. Um, obviously that's a little less realistic with how many players are on an NFL roster. Uh, you still have all 32 teams playing in the league right now, but, uh, the numbers are low. I mean, they, they haven't had any, uh, major outbreaks on, on any of these teams. It seems like the players have done a good job being responsible, not going out and, and staying safe. So, uh, we'll see how that holds up, but it's going to be really, you know, I think interesting to see, um, once these teams do start traveling and, and playing each other and playing against guys on other teams. And then I think the other thing is just because it's going well now, it doesn't mean it's going to be going well later. And I think one thing, you know, I mentioned baseball. I think one thing we have to be prepared for is there may be teams who miss games. I mean, we, we may be looking at a situation where there are teams who play 14 games instead of 16 games. And, um, you know, if one team goes out, that means another team doesn't have a team to play. So uh, and that's what happened in baseball as well. So, We'll see here how this all plays out as far as the NFL, but uh, fingers crossed so far so good as far as any major outbreaks on any of these teams. Well, and I think it was uh, Peter King that pointed out the NFL at least has some flexibility where they can bump the Super Bowl back if they have to. They've got some dates there because there's nothing after it. You know, they could right. do that. Yeah. All right, so what we're going to go with, our, our picks against the number, again, all of it for entertainment purposes only, Chalk Talk, Nick Camino, Ben Axelrod, and I'm going to give my first three college picks against the spread. Uh, yep. Ben is if uh, his college picks then after that, and then Ben will give his NFL picks, and then I will follow up with our NFL picks. And again, these are uh, consensus lines pretty much that we use throughout the week, uh, and uh, I know that these can change before kickoff, but uh, this is what we keep our records based off of. And uh, again, both of us uh, somehow, some way coming off of, uh, of winning seasons in, uh, when, you, when you totaled our, our college and our NFL picks. So uh, hopefully we can do that again. So uh, Ben, we will start uh, with college football, my picks. Uh, we're going to start on Thursday night in Coral Gables uh, at uh, at Hard Rock in, at Hard Rock uh, Stadium, not at Coral Gables. This is uh, down in uh, Miami, Florida. Uh, the UAB Blazers are uh, going in to take on the Hurricanes on a Thursday night. That's this upcoming uh, Thursday. Uh, the Blazers are getting 14 points. Uh, they're coming off a victory. I'm going to go with UAB plus 14 in this game. I uh, don't think they win the game, but I think they do enough to keep it close. You might be saying, wait, is this the same UAB that – didn't have their football program a couple of years ago. Yes, the coach has done an amazing job. Uh, they were they played very well last year uh, in just their second season back. Uh, they were victorious already. They're 1-0 on the season. They beat Central Arkansas, which obviously uh, is not the likes of Miami, Florida. But uh, UAB is one of the teams that was picked near the top of Conference USA going into this year. Uh, so I'm going to take them with the 14 points. Again, I think Miami wins the football game. Um, but I think Manny Diaz kind of got off to a slower start than he'd like to last year. Uh, I know year two is when coaches really start to thrive with their with their program, but um, they're kind of a team that I think could could fall victim to, well, okay, this is a team we should beat. Maybe we go through the motions a little bit. And this is their first game. 
UAB already has a game under their belt and I think an extra week of practice. So I'm uh, going to take UAB plus 14 again. That's uh, Thursday night. I'm going to talk about this game when I get to my picks. One thing I will point out in your favor, uh, Gregory Russo, the star defensive end uh, for the Miami Hurricanes, he opted out of the season. He was actually one of the first players to opt out. He's projected to be anywhere from like a top five to at least a top 15 pick. So uh, there's at least one super talented player on the Hurricane side of the ball who won't be playing. And, of course, we already have disagreement on this show. It's a, it's a <laughs> surprise. Uh, second game, uh, going to go to the ACC. Again, uh, the, the, these are our, our, uh, the college picks. Uh, Syracuse getting 22 points at North Carolina. Again, another one of those games. Don't think that they win the game. Just think that they do enough to, to keep it close. I will say this about the Tar Heels. Uh, they have a sneaky chance to win the ACC. They had an opportunity last year to beat Clemson. Uh, they went for it in overtime. They went for two to try and go for the win. Uh, not in overtime, near the end of the game. Uh, to try and to try and get a win, and they ended up that was Clemson's closest game uh, all season until they lost to uh, to LSU and 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 had the close win against Ohio State. But uh, North Carolina is loaded; They've got a great quarterback. Mac Brown's doing a great job there. Uh, can't say enough about them. I just think that Syracuse, being in this conference and coming off a tough year and not having much practice for either teams, I think they could be sloppy. I think in that sort of instance, a team that's getting so many points can find a way to keep it close. So. I'm going to take uh, the, the orange of Syracuse uh, getting 22 points against the Tar Heels. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised when I saw this line. I, I didn't pick this game. Um, for North Carolina, I do like Sam Howell, their quarterback. He, I think he's a, a future first-round guy uh, coming off a really impressive year for the Tar Heels. But uh, just looking at Dino Babers and, and his track record, uh, both at Bowling Green and, and now at Syracuse, what he's done in a few years there. I uh, was just surprised to, to see them laying this many points so early in the season. And then final game, uh, Ben, uh, this is one of those where you hold your nose, uh, but they were actually successful uh, for us a little bit last year. We're going to go at Les Miles and the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, they are a six-point favorite at home against uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Uh, this is the, their only non-conference game. The Big 12 is playing one non-conference game. A lot of those will be this week. Uh, so Kansas at home uh, laying less than a touchdown uh, against Coastal Carolina. A Coastal Carolina team that two years ago went into Lawrence and beat them. So they've got revenge on their mind. It's a revenge spot. I just think Les Miles is finally getting some of his guys in there. We've seen Kansas win some football games in the Big 12. We've seen them keep it close with some good teams even for a little while. So uh, going to go with Kansas at home. Uh, don't leave, obviously, I think they win the game straight up. I think they can win this game by 10, to, 10 points to two touchdowns. All right, so you can see all of Nick's picks right here. Kansas versus Coastal. Uh, Kansas, I I mean, they've had some historically bad seasons, but I also feel like this could be a spot where they are a little bit undervalued. Um, like you mentioned, Les Miles. They, I mean, they have, for all intents and purposes, Power 5 talent on that, that roster. And, uh, yeah, playing against Coastal, I mean, to, to only have to cover by a touchdown here, uh, it seems like a good value here uh, with the Jayhawks. And as, as you and I pointed out, even off the air uh, before we got the show started, it's very early. Who knows anything about these college games, but we're taking our best stab at it. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, this is I mean, NFL. I, I think there are some things we, we think we know or, or you can kind of predict with all this. Um, but as far as uh, college, I mean, I, I really think this college season, you know, college with these bigger point spreads, uh, it, it could really be a free for all from a gambling standpoint. 
Okay, so uh, so you recap my picks. Let's uh, let's get your three college picks, Ben, and then we'll we'll head to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, so my three college picks. We're going to go back to uh, that UAB Miami game. I alluded to this earlier. I like Miami in this game, um, and there's a lot to not like about Miami. Uh, you mentioned Manny Diaz, his first rocky year. They haven't been recruiting well, uh, very very well down there for for a couple of years right now. Um, which, which has been surprising just in terms of the, the recruiting base that they have, the tradition in that program. But they've had a couple of rocky recruiting years. Manny Diaz, a lot of people thought after the way last season kind of blew up in their face that he could have been one and done. One thing I do like about this Hurricanes team, though, the Eric King, their quarterback, transfer from Houston, uh, he is legit. I mean, they, they've had some quarterbacks come in, Jaron Williams, Tate Martell, obviously. They, they've had some guys – come in who, who they thought are gonna, is going to be the savior of their program. The Eric King is legit. I mean, this guy is proven. I remember talking about him with you last year uh, when he was making the decision to transfer from Houston. I think he's a sneaky Heisman pick, especially with some of the Big Ten and Pac-12 guys who, who are now out of the race. So to me, Thursday night, Coral Gables, I, I just think this is a potential Heisman showcase for the Eric King to start the season. I, I don't know what the Hurricanes do the rest of the season. I, I mentioned Gregory. Rousseau being out for the rest of the year. But uh, I, I do think that at least to start the season, I think this is a spot for De'Aaron King to, to really show that, that he's one of the better quarterbacks in all of college football, which which we already know. De'Aaron King, uh, yeah, one of the most exciting players in college football. I had thought that he was going to be heading to Oklahoma. I really did. Yeah. I thought he was going to be going there once he transferred. But So it's a nice pickup for them. And again, I'll agree with you. I think Miami's going to win the game. Uh, I just think somehow, someway, uh, UAB keeps it close. But Ben likes the uh, the Hurricanes. Go ahead with your next two. Uh, we're going to stay in the ACC. I like Georgia Tech plus 12 and a half against Florida State. Um, I'm not ready to buy into this Florida State team by, by any stretch. Uh, they've had a rocky offseason. I know they brought back some NFL talent, uh, Patrick Sertain Jr., uh, Marvin Wilson. They, their defense is loaded, but their quarterback situation, I know they announced – Justin Blackman as their starter this year. Not a big fan of his. Uh, and then Georgia Tech, I, I just think this Georgia Tech team, the way they play, I think they have the ability to, to keep it close, keep it within, you know, a double-digit score, keep it within, you know, um, or, or I say within 10 points, and, and this is, you know, a 12-and-a-half-point spread. So uh, I'll take the rambling wreck. I'll, I'll take the Yellow Jackets here to cover against the Florida State team, who I think still has some quarterback issues it needs to sort out. Yeah, I like that. I like that pick. Uh, too many points for an in-conference game, uh, and and I, I think Georgia Tech they got kind of the rust off of them in their first year with a with a new head coach. This is his second year on the job. I do think uh, they're kind of ready to take off a little bit. I don't know if they win the game, but I do think they can keep it close. My third pick, I I liked the points for Georgia Tech versus Florida State. Uh, I'll lay the points here in Clemson at Wake Forest. Clemson minus thirty-three at Wake Forest. Uh, to me, this is just, you know, a little bit like De'Aaron King. This is a spot uh, for Trevor Lawrence to, to really go off. Clemson obviously loaded with NFL talent. Haven't had, um, at least to my knowledge, any guys opt out. I know Justin Ross, their star receiver, is out for the season with injury. But uh, this Clemson team coming off a loss in the national title game to LSU, uh, I, I think that this is a spot where uh, the Tigers, I, I just think they can kind of roll here and start their season off with a big win. Yeah, I feel like if this was a, a Saturday night game day game and, and the, it was it was pretty crazy down in Winston-Salem and you know, they were doing a blackout and all that, it was, I, I would maybe buy into they could keep it close and you know make, make it a fun game, maybe upset alert. But 
with no type of atmosphere and with clearly the better athletes on, on, on both sides of the football for Clemson, uh, th- this could turn into a clinic. I mean, you could be looking at a, a 43-point game, not a 33-point game. So uh, firm agreement, uh, at least on, on two of these, Ben. Yep, uh, that's what I'm counting on. So, so we'll see. I'm, like I said, this college season, I, I have less of a feel for this than uh, maybe anything. I definitely any college football season uh, I've I've had in recent memory. I've always had Ohio State to to use as my guiding light, my north star uh, in terms of how to evaluate these teams. And obviously, I don't have to talk right now. So, and, and you know, I, I was wondering how you're going to be able to do this because you picked <laughs> either Ohio State or against Ohio State all last year. <laughs> I mean, and it usually bit me. I was usually on the wrong side of that. But uh, like I said, I, I can kind of use Ohio State to guide me, and uh, I don't have that this year. So. All right, so we saw your picture on the screen. So let's shift gears to the NFL, and you're going to lead us off here. Uh, week one of the NFL season, which kicks off Thursday night with the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Yeah, and, and I think we talked about this last year, too, probably on our first show. Uh, you have to bet that Thursday night game to open the season. You, you just have to, um, it's tradition. It's, it's, you know, the, the, the first game of the year, the defending Super Bowl champion is usually in that game. Um, and that's the case this year as well. So a uh, nice little, you know, pick up where we left off uh, spot. And, and I like the chiefs minus nine and a half in this game. Um, look, I remember going back to the Super Bowl last year uh, with, with the chiefs and the 49ers, it felt like a true coin flip and, uh, where I landed on that coin flip was taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl just because I wanted to have Patrick Mahomes on my side. And ultimately, that's what, what wound up bailing me out there in that fourth quarter. Uh, nine and a half points, a lot of points to lay. But um, this is a Texans, Texans team without DeAndre Hopkins for the first time in his career, Deshaun Watson playing without DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs somehow have managed not to let go of any of their key guys. They bring back not only Patrick Mahomes, obviously, signing him to a big extension, uh, they signed Travis Kelsey to a big extension. They signed their defensive tackle, Chris Jones, to a big extension. I know Damian Williams opted out. They're running back who could have been the Super Bowl MVP. But I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their first-round pick, a running back out of LSU. I just think, you know, this is going to be a track race, and, and I don't think the Texans have the horses to, to keep up with the, with the Chiefs here. I know you're going to be disappointed in me, Ben, but this is a stay away for me. I just yeah. – Obviously, I think the Chiefs win the game, um, but you know, no atmosphere at Arrowhead. On top of that, it's a lot of points, like you said. It's a it's a stay away. Uh, I could really see either one. If you remember, these two teams met in the playoffs. The Texans getting up big and then blowing that lead uh, against these Chiefs. Yep. Um, yeah, that, that's right, and that's again why I like having Mahomes on my side because you're never out of a game to win it or to cover when, when you have Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I have a feeling that's going to be a theme of, of chalk talk for me this year. Um, moving on, I'm, I'm going to go to, to my later game actually here. I like the Rams plus three versus the Cowboys. Uh, a little surprised by this line. I uh, thought it would be closer to a pick em or, or maybe even the Rams favored. I know the Rams are coming off the, the disappointing season and the Cowboys enter this season with their traditional hype. But um, I, I just I, I like Sean McVay coming off this offseason. I think he's the guy when you look at all the circumstances that, that you have to navigate in the COVID era, I think Sean McVay, one of the smarter coaches, uh, Cowboys dealing with a, a new head coach in Mike McCarthy. I think this is the the worst possible year to have a, a new head coach, even though Mike McCarthy is a veteran just in terms of installing his offense. Um, lots of talent on that Cowboys offense. I think this, though, is, is a toss-up, and, and I just like taking the Rams here with the points. Yeah, I'm with you. Brand-new stadium uh, coming off kind of a disappointing year, the Rams. I think they're going to be much better 
uh, than they were a year ago. And uh, you and me, we have agreement on this one. You and me do not have agreement, though, on my last pick. Uh, this is another one of our disagreements here. I like the Seahawks minus two at the Falcons. Uh, this almost feels like a sucker bet. This feels like, you know, why are the Seahawks favored by two? Like, this feels like it should be closer to a touchdown. Uh, Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. The Falcons, I mean, I think Matt Ryan's ready to fall off here at any point. No home field advantage for the Falcons. Uh, you do have a West Coast team coming east, but I don't know how much that matters nowadays. Uh, I, I think there's been some studies that have proven that that's kind of an overrated trend. But uh, I, I think the Seahawks, um, like I said, Russell Wilson, if I have to take him and, and cover by less than a field goal against the Falcons team that, that I don't really have a lot of faith in, um, I'll, I'll take that every time. So, so uh, I know we have disagreement there. You took the Falcons. I think you got the Falcons at plus one. Um, so, so we can go ahead there and, and start with your NFL picks there. Yeah, that's what we'll go right into. Uh, I did think about that that West Coast team traveling east. I also thought about you know, Russell Wilson making some comments recently where he said, "Hey, it'd be nice that where we if we could get some games where we don't have to come from behind this year." And I think that was kind of a dig at the coaching staff a little bit. And I, I think that when you continue to hear the same voice over and over and over again, maybe we're seeing the end of the Pete Carroll era. I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like. You know, Wilson's a little bit fed up. And I think finally, for once, everyone's healthy on Atlanta. They finished the year, I believe, winning five of their last seven games. Uh, they, they, they turned it on. Obviously, they weren't going to make the playoffs. They started off disappointing. But I think the Falcons kind of found some things. I think Dan Quinn's on the hot seat for them. And I just feel like Matt Ryan finally has some healthy weapons around him. The question for them sometimes has been that defense. They've been able to score, but they can't stop anybody. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of thought home team, basically a pick them. But uh, you're right, maybe in this year of COVID, uh, we got to probably throw the the home field out the advantage more uh, that home field advantage out the window. You know what? One thing about this game too, the Seahawks. Um, a lot of the trend, like if you follow the trends for how to spot a disappointing team, right? It's turnover differential from the year before. You expect some sort of regression with that, um, and uh, um, uh, one score games. And the Seahawks in both categories, I think had had a lot of what people would call luck last year. I think the Seahawks, though, with how many close games they've played in in this Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era, I, I actually think winning one score games is kind of a skill for them. I, I think they're better at winning these one score games than a lot of teams who it might just come down to whether or not they had the last possession. And then you mentioned Dan Quinn. Uh, obviously, the Seahawks plenty familiar with Dan Quinn, who was their defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl back in 2013. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Dan Quinn has actually lasted this long in Atlanta. So. Uh, that that that's another thing I think I have going in my favor here with my piano. All right, so we got a little bit of disagreement here on Chalk Talk. I like it. Our first yeah. episode. All right, last two uh, NFL picks. We're going to go with the Panthers at home getting three against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are going to be very good this year, but they do add Teddy Bridgewater. I know they have a new head coach. They lost Keekly, but I just think a home. You know, they're, they're at home, and I know we should probably throw that out the window more now in COVID. But uh, I don't think the Raiders are that good. Uh, I just don't think that this team is is going to be all that good. Um, probably the maybe nearing the end of the, the Derek Carr era here. I, and I don't know how that's going to finish up, but um, you know, I, I know everybody falls in love with Gruden and, and I just think that uh, maybe this team at home might be more difficult to play road teams, enjoying themselves in Sin City a night or two before, but uh, going on the road early game, Carolina at home, getting three. I don't only think they covered those points, but I think they win the game. So I'll go with the Panthers. Uh, getting through. I know they lost a lot. I don't think they'll be very good this year. I don't think they'll be a factor in the division, but I do think they win this first game. 
Yeah, I, I thought, you know, this was th- – there's been a lot of hype for the Raiders heading into this season, and, and I don't really get it. Um, I, I think, you know, like you said, Derek Carr, when was the last time he was he was super impressive? It seems like he's kind of been living off of, of his rookie year for, for a while now. Um, this Panthers team, I mean, I think they're obviously rebuilding if, if you look at the kind of the direction they're going. Um, but they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of good wide receivers, DJ Moore. Uh, they signed Robbie Anderson from the Jets, who I thought was an underrated signing. Uh, in the draft, they got some studs. They got Derek Brown from Auburn, uh, the defensive end from Penn State as well. Um, have some questions in the secondary, but um, Teddy Bridgewater, like I'm not I'm not the biggest Teddy Bridgewater fan, but I think we saw in, in uh, New Orleans last year, he definitely can win you some games. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, this is a spot where – um, I would not want to be on the Raiders side of this. So, so yeah, I, I, if, if, if I had to pick this game, I, I would be on your side with the Panthers. And Ben, speaking of new Orleans, that'll be my final game. Uh, it's the four o'clock national game of the week. Uh, of course it involves Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So they're going to probably be on national TV a lot, uh, but I'm going to go with the home team saints uh, at home. I don't think that they're going to, uh, I don't think they're going to have any fans there. They've already announced that, but saying that uh, I just think that, with Brady going to the Buccaneers, that is a team we're going to see all year that is a little bit overvalued. Uh, does he have a ton of weapons? Of course. I mean, he's even brought Gronk with him down there to Tampa. But I just feel like Brady again. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to count against him. You know, seeing you know talk about his age because he seems to be like a fine wine. He gets better with age. But I just feel like people taking them this early in the season, it's. It's completely overvalued. I thought that this line would be more around six or seven, uh, but the Saints are only giving three and a half points. I think they do enough to not only win the game, but uh, but also cover the point spread at home. Very familiar. Breeze is familiar with his weapons. Uh, Brady's probably still got to get on the same page with some of these guys. So I'll go with the Saints at home. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to agree with your pick, I think, but I'm going to disagree with your logic. I don't think the Bucks are overvalued uh, this season, and I've seen that point made. Um, you know, kind of comparing them to the Browns a year ago, who who have all this hype based on name additions that, that don't necessarily translate to the field. I think when you look at it from the Bucks perspective, Tom Brady doesn't, you know, need to be MVP 2007 throwing to, to Randy Moss and Wes Welker, Tom Brady. He just needs to not turn the ball over 30 times like Jameis Winston did last year. Um, and then from Tom Brady's perspective, this is a massive upgrade as far as the wide receivers around him. I mean, last year he had a, a injured Julian Edelman and not much else. You go from that now to, to not only Mike Evans, um, but but Chris Godwin, uh, Rob Gronkowski, who actually I'm, he's the one I'm probably counting on less than than Tom Brady. I, I'm not sure how much more Gronk has left in the tank. Uh, O.J. Howard, we see them sign now. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. They have a good offensive line. They actually have a, a really underrated underrated defense. Uh, with those guys who I think were put in bad positions last year with some of Jameis Winston's turnovers. So, um, but I do like the Saints team. I, I do like, you know, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, uh, Alvin Kamara. Now it looks like they're going to get a contract figured out. A lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think the Saints probably win this game and probably cover, um, but I'm not counting out the Bucks in this season by, by any stretch. All right, so we want to flash those NFL picks and then uh... – Yep, we, we got uh, your NFL picks up here. You've got the Falcons. I'm going to give you plus one and a half versus the – you know, I'll give you Falcons plus two. Since I took Seahawks minus two, you'll get Falcons plus I two. I that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the hook there. Uh, Falcons plus two versus the Seahawks. Panthers plus three versus the Las Vegas Raiders. And the New Orleans Saints minus three and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
There you go. So six picks total from each of us, three in college each, three in the NFL. And that's going to do it for this week of Chalk Talk. It's great to be back. Uh, first episode in the books. We hope you'll join us each week for the latest uh, in college football and the NFL picking games against the spread, all of it for entertainment purposes only. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Crane. And thanks so much to you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week.